Hey everyone, Dr. Tim and Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How you doing this morning, Hillary? I'm doing good. A little slow moving. I'm I'm just on like finishing my first cup of coffee, so I still feel half asleep. <laughs> so French press? Not quite. Not, Not quite. quite. Uh, did you hit a certain restaurant in Seattle this past weekend, or have you been to Seattle? That's this upcoming weekend. Uh, I'm ready. Have fun. (laughs) And uh, we'll both be at uh, Reefstock here in a couple of weeks. Yes. I I don't even think it's a couple of weeks. I think it's like a week and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Let's say a couple of weeks. I don't have time (laughs) for a week and a half. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. I saw some photos online of them. I I don't know what the official thing is that they're doing with the Reef Builder Studio, but it looks like a whole bunch of it has been broken down. Like I know they're fragging a lot of the corals that used to be Jake's, um, but it, it's wild looking. It doesn't look the same at all as it was when I got to visit last year. So be interested to see how I'll things are. So. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. And the couple of times I've been, it's snowed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was yeah. snowing. We had to drive through like a blizzard last year to get back to the hotel from the Reef Builder studio. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So, all right, let's jump into this. What do we got today? We're doing the questions and answers. Yep, we are. So question number one. I purchased a four ounce bottle for my 30 gallon tank. I assume that this is one and only, it doesn't say. Um, I have several tanks and used your product many times. However, it's been almost a month and my ammonia is up and the nitrites and nitrates are zero. Can you offer some guidance? I used the entire bottle. So, you know, we get this question in, in one or more in several forms. Um, so we don't really have enough information from this person, but but here's what you need to consider. First, the bacteria need a substrate, and just having packed sand is not much of a substrate because the water is not flowing through that. Uh, it's packed into you know the fine sand, even the coral fine sand. The bacteria aren't burrowers, so they're not going to go in there. You, that substrate's almost just like a solid floor. So just having sand in your tank is not good enough. Not, not that that's what this person has. But my question, my reply to this person would be, what's your biofilter? You have to have some media. Is it a bunch of live rock? Is it um, some type of biomedia in the sump? You you have to have some area that the water flows through that carries the bacteria into that media where they can attach and start colonizing. Because when I hear, you know, it's been a long time, it's been several days, nothing's happening, that tells me the bacteria have not found a home. They haven't stuck someplace. Nitrifiers really don't want to, they don't grow single cell, they grow in colonies and they don't really nitrifier. They're not very uh, productive when they're just, you know, floating around in the water. 
the other thing we get is, you know, when, when can I turn my filter on? When can I turn my pump on? How about before you added the bacteria? You need water circulation because that draws the bacteria or, or, you know, into the water column, which then they can find a substrate to live. You need some heat, uh, light you don't have to have, uh, but just a tooth, a, a bare bottom tank and a tank where there's just a, a sand on the bottom and no substrate. Those types of tanks are going to take much longer to cycle because there's just no substrate for the bacteria to adhere to and start working. I'm not sure yeah. that answered the person's question, but there's just not enough information. It's, it's there's just in to sum it up. There's not a good setup for the bacteria in this tank probably. Yeah. And as always, if you are this person, if you're listening to this and you hear this, if you could give us more information, hopefully your tank will have sorted itself out by now. Um, but feel free to send us a follow-up and just say, Hey, I was question number one on the February Q and a, yeah. and we'll see if we can't get you some more information. Right. And, and to jump in there, because I, I don't know if it's because there's a lot of full, it was a full moon last week or something, but some of the questions that I get, you know, people get upset because I reply to their question with lots of questions. But if you just email us, you know, email me and say, you know, I use the one and only and my tank's not cycling, what's going on? There's no information in that. So I am going to reply with a set of questions. What substrate are you using? What is your biomedia? Is your filter running? Just because we get so many people that translate, remove your filter sock into unplug my filter. Um, I don't know how that works, but that's what we get. Um, what else have you added? I, I need, and you know, and Hillary needs information. We, we need some information about your setup other than my tank's not cycling. That tells us basically nothing about the setup. When we need to know about the setup, because the bacteria, as I basically beat to death in the next last five minutes, need a place. They need a home. They need to stick somewhere. And you've got to provide that. I feel like I could make a cartoon out of that. Bacteria <laughs> need a home. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> one of the one of those commercials you see, just 50 cents a day is all you need with the music in the back. Please, these bacteria, they're lonely. They're just floating around in the water. They don't have a home. They can't work. Please, just 50 cents a day. Oh, sh this is recorded too. Okay, question number two, Hillary. <laughs> All right, <laughs> compose myself. <laughs> question number two: My local fish store sold me the live sand and a couple of pieces of live rock with Dr. Tim's one and only, and said no need for fish yet or adding ammonia. They said it will take a few weeks to cycle. Will it cycle without adding fish or ammonia? Well, not very well, because, I mean, the store is kind of half right. The live sand is full of organics, just like the live rock is full of organics. And that, the organics are going to decay and produce ammonia. The issue is that you don't really know how much ammonia they're going to produce, and it's not going to be very fast. So I don't really call that cycling. You you really do need to add a little bit of ammonia or some fish to that setup. But what I would do is go home, set up the tank, run it for 48 hours. The water will, especially with the live sand, 
may get cloudy. Let all that clear up. There may be some measurable ammonia there. Let that disappear because you've added the one and only. Um, and then then find another ammonia source, be it um, you know, ammonium chloride or a fish. Okay, moving on to question number three. I'm using your ammonia and bacteria products to do a fishless cycle on two tanks, a five gallon and a 10 gallon. I have followed all of the instructions and gotten to the point where it was time to add more ammonia. However, once I add more ammonia, taking into consideration the water amount that is not the same in each tank, the nitrite levels seem to spike really high the next day. Do I wait to see the nitrites go down or do a water change? I'm worried the nitrites will damage the bacteria. Well, if you have followed the directions and added a maximum of four drops of our ammonia per gallon, then the nitrite should not spike into levels that set back the filter. And what is happening most likely is that this person is using a nitrite test kit that measures the nitrite ion. It, it, you know, the units are in the nitrite ion instead of nitrite nitrogen. And so the test turns deep purple and the value is quite high, but you have to divide that value by, I think it's 3.3 to actually get what the nitrite nitrogen reading is. But long, long story short is you shouldn't have to worry. Let it spike. Another, they, they don't say it comes back down after the 24 hours, do they, Hillary? They just say it spikes. Oh, yeah, it just says it spikes really high the next day. Yeah, but spike kind of implies that a day or two later it comes down. So, no, you don't have to worry. You don't have to do a water change. Uh, that's you know how this works. The ammonia bacteria are kicking in and they're rocking and rolling, and you've got to give it a little bit more time because the nitrite bacteria always lag. Uh, they're just much slower growing. So you're good. I feel like we've talked about the test kits for that on a separate podcast. We have, right? Yeah, we have. Yep. Okay. So if you are listening to this and you want some more information, um, either go back through the podcast. I feel like it was probably a year ago easily that we've talked about that. But if you need some help finding it, send me a message and I'll happily find it and send you a link for it. Yeah, I think there's a YouTube video I did too. Yeah. And ba basically, real quickly, test kits measuring a couple of different ways. It's like taking a ruler. Is that ruler measuring in millimeters or is it measuring in inches? And and the ion, ammonia ion, nitrite ion, nitrate ion is one unit of measurement. I prefer what's called the nitrogen base, ammonia, nitrogen, nitrite, nitrogen, nitrate, nitrogen, because it's much simpler. Unfortunately, a lot of test kits don't measure that way. So it makes it confusing. Okay. Question number four. My phosphate reading using Dr. Tim's waste away is 0 0.09 with water changes that are done once a week. I have mushroom corals and five fish. Is that okay? Well, that's not really, how do I answer that? This is a, a an incident of chasing a number. My reply is, how's the tank look? Are are the mushrooms healthy? Is is the tank algae free? Do you have a lot of? Do you have to spend a lot of time cleaning 
you know, algae or off the, you know, off the tank or the, the corals or the sides of the tank. Because while there's a recommended phosphate, which is around, you know, 0.05, some will say 0.03, these are recommendations. They're not hard, fast rules. You've got five fish, you might be feeding a food that has a little more protein. But if the visual result is my tank looks good and you're not pulling your hair out going, I'm spending too much time cleaning my tank and doing maintenance, then 0.09 is fine. It, it's it's definitely, you know, somebody said my phosphate was nine. I'd say you probably want to do big water changes, but 0.09, don't worry about it. As long as your tank indicators, which are the visual indicators are good. Yep. There's definitely something to be said for spending some time looking at your tank. You, you'll know if, if something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Question number five. I've got a question about refresh. It says reef safe, but it also says do not overdose if you have shrimp and snails. In addition, it says not to add shrimp and snails until five to seven days after the last dose. I'm a little bit confused here. Can I use refresh when I have snails and shrimp in my reef tank? Generally, yes. But the reality is, is that nobody follows the directions and measures. So uh, if you're one of those people that just, you know, open up the bottle and start pouring it in and go, well, it's all good, you know, more can't hurt, then refresh might not be a product you want to use. Um but it's it refresh will not harm corals or other, you know, what I call reef organisms. I don't really consider shrimp and crab, you know, reef. But they, yeah, they live in the ocean. They live on reefs, but it's more for corals. But it's just kind of a, a warning to get people to stop and think, okay, this is a product that has real benefits and I need to treat it with some respect and dose accordingly, not just you know, willy-nilly and pour some in. Yep, exactly. I mean, I feel like you should always be measuring your stuff before you pour it in, but. Yeah, but how many people do? I'll say, I'm guilty of like, oh, I've not done this before, I know. Yeah, I'm an expert. (laughs) All right, question number six. The one and only says that you can add it after a water change. I just did a parameter check and my ammonia is at 0.5. Is it okay to add livestock in the tank? I have a 75 gallon with a hang on back Octo 2000 skimmer and a Title 110. So what we don't know is, is this an established tank, right? He just, the person just said they did a water change. Yeah. So, so I, what, I don't know if it's established or not. Yeah. So let's assume the tank is established. The person did a water change. They've got a spike in ammonia. Can they? Can they add fish? The answer is yes. But I'm, I'm, you know, if if this isn't, if if that assumption is wrong, and it's a new tank, and you did a water change, and the ammonia spiked up to 0.5, I would say wait a couple of days. Does it come down, and and then also measure nitrite? Now, why would why would you get an ammonia spike after a, a water change in an established tank? 
there's a couple reasons. You're doing a water change. You're probably scrubbing the, you know, the inside of the glass, maybe gravel vacuuming the substrate. You're cleaning things, and that stirs things up, and you get a, a bunch of organics that are now freshly exposed to oxygen in the water, and the heterotrophic bacteria start doing their thing, which is breaking down all those organics. And when they break down particulate organics, they produce ammonia. And that's why you get a temporary ammonia spike after a cleaning and a water change, because that those organics are kind of segregated, you know, and sequestered into the substrate. And then you go and stir everything up that introduces oxygen and that allows the heterotrophic bacteria then to start breaking down the organics, which is what they do. And that produces ammonia. But usually that you have a functioning biofilter and a quick, you know, transient ammonia spike is not a problem. And 0.5 is not toxic at all. Um, so you're safe. It's just, is this a 24 hour thing or is this a new tank where that might take longer for the ammonia to come down and then you've got to deal with nitrites too. So we don't know on that. So. Okay. Let's move on to question number seven. We've got a lot of one and only questions today. Does carbon need to be removed when using one and only? No. How's that for short? That was very short. I didn't even have time to <laughs> write down the timestamp on that. <laughs> no. The, the, the uh, carbon does not affect the one and only bacteria. It Carbon doesn't remove phosphate, which is something they need. So, no, you can leave the carbon in. It's not going to be a problem. Okay. So this next question, I'm going to read you the question. There's a lot of additional information on here. So like I've got things like equipment, I've got calcium and magnesium and all sorts of readings. So if you need them, I will give it to you as you need it. All right. Fire away. All right. Will I need to use bio pellets after the refresh and waste away treatment? I have a very small cyanocarpet at the back of the tank, along with bubble algae, dinos, and hair algae. There's small amount of, amounts of each throughout the rock work. And I will say that there is a skimmer running 24-7, a UV light, and then it gives details about the rest of the tank. You know what? I'm going to put the details in the chat for you. So if you're a longtime listener, um, you will know that uh, where I'm going to go with this. Um, basically, this person has everything, you know, the, the skimmer, the UV, ChemiPure, uh, all this stuff that is making the water too clean. They're unintentionally eliminating um the bacteria from the water column, which is why they're getting the cyano and the dino and a little bit of everything. So the original question was, do they need bio pellets? And the answer is, if, if you will not put your skimmer on a timer, if you will not get, you know, get rid of or turn off the UV, 
then yes, I would set up bio pellets because that's an area where you can grow bacteria that will help control your nitrates and phosphates, which doesn't seem to be any information on that. They give us a lot of other stuff. I'm reading what Hillary just uh, posted. Um, but you, you've elim you're eliminating all the bacteria in the water column that can fight the cyano and the dino. So if you set up a, a bio pellet reactor, you're going to be growing the bacteria you, you need there on the pellets, on the pearls, and that would take the place of the bacteria that you've eliminated in the water column. So in this instance, I would say, yes, set that up. All right. Ooh, we got another refresh waste away question. Number nine. I started using refresh and waste away on all three of my tanks. I've got a hundred gallon mixed reef, a hundred and thirty gallon, a twenty gallon bare bottom tank. A couple months back, it's been on a maintenance schedule of weekly dosing, alternating doses of refresh and waste away. It appears I'm experiencing a bacterial bloom in the twenty gallon. I do not run a skimmer or a UV. I feed Fido every other day and have done regular water changes every 10 to 14 days. Can you help me troubleshoot? Okay, so the issue is the 20-gallon tank and it's cloudy? Um, let's see. It says that, yeah, cloudy, a bacterial bloom on the 20-gallon tank. It's That is, of the three, it says it's a bare-bottom tank. Right. So... There's no substrate to trap organics. They don't have a UV or a skimmer on that tank. So my question, my question would be, what have they added to that tank besides the waste away or the refresh? Because something has to be feeding the bacteria to get a bacterial bloom. They said they're feeding phyto, and that's the only other thing they say that they've added. Yeah, I think if we question this person, we might find they're adding something else. Because when I say, when when you say feeding Fido, I assume they're straining it and they're just not shaking up the bottle and pouring the whole thing in there. Nobody does that, do they, Hillary? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about like the reef nutrition Fido, where I kind of just like shake the bottle and put drops in. Put drops in. Yeah. Maybe they're overfeeding the Fido because so here's my thinking process. Everyone is. Cloudy water, cloudy water. Okay, could let's assume it's a bacterial bloom. Um, and go with that. To have a bacterial bloom, you have to have nutrients, phosphates, and nitrates, and stuff like that. So, where are they coming from? And if they're only feeding phyto, that has to be the source. And maybe they're overfeeding. I guess um, this is a hard one uh, because normally what would happen is the the cloudy water would disappear after a couple of days because the bacteria use all the nutrients and then the culture crashes. I, I, I really just don't have enough information to make a real good uh, guess, but I think it would be cut back on the feeding of the phyto. Yep. I will say I'm, I, I have overfed phyto. It is very easy to, to overfeed. And do you get a cloudy bloom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I've never used Fido. Um, not like this. 
So I mean, yeah. at least like the reef nutrition stuff, a little goes a long way. It's very concentrated. So like you don't need a lot and it's easy to like, oh, hey, I'm just going to put yeah, a couple just, more drops in. Next thing you, you know. Yeah. Or just pour it in, pour it in. Fish yeah. are hungry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The corals are hungry. Yeah. So I think cut back on the feeding of the phyto. Okay. Let's see. Question number 10. I have some one and only on the way. I was planning on just helping my nanocycle with Dr. Tim's ocean, direct sand, and agriculture and rock. I'm not sure about that. Um, I will need to add, well, I still need to add the ammonia concentrate. I don't want to lock up my cycle. I'm not trying to cycle in a hurry. I'm looking for a very good bacteria to start my biome. I see people online using live sand and base rock and they were following the step-by-step process listed on the box. Any guidance you have would be greatly appreciated. So, you know, you, you add all these things. Um, you, you Once you add the nitrifiers, you have to have an ammonia source. The live sand, they said they're using ocean direct sand. Um, I'm not sure uh, what's in that. But I can if if it's it's got organics doesn't mean it has a wide variety of bacteria but it has organics. Um, you you want to add the one and only and then you want to start feeding that some ammonia or put a fish in there. You've got to have some ammonia source to get this process going. So even if you're not in a hurry, um, just you know add less ammonia one drop per gallon. But you have to have some type of an ammonia source. Okay. Yeah. And and let's go down a little rabbit hole for a second, Hillary. Oh boy. Because I, I I hear this a lot where everybody's gonna play uh you know biome creator. <laughs> it used to be I wanted a fish tank to have you know for all these different fish. Now people want to add all these different bacteria. Don't... You should be excited about that. Yeah, but they're not adding our bacteria. <laughs> but and I want to be honest. Um, just because you add bacteria to an aquarium doesn't mean that you're increasing the diversity of bacteria because it doesn't guarantee those bacteria are going to live in that environment and reproduce and become established. And you're also making an assumption that the product you're adding has this wide uh, diversity of bacteria. And I can promise you that is a misassumption. Um, so what you're doing, especially if you add a bunch of things in the beginning, um, most all bacterial products are heterotrophic versus autotrophic. The nitrifiers are autotrophic are one and only, is it hundred percent pure nitrifiers? And no, that's pretty impossible, but it's a good 50, 60, 70% nitrifiers. And when you start adding the one and only, and then say, I'm going to add a little bit of this and a little bit of that at the same time, those, you know, this and that, those products compete for the micronutrients that are in the system. And all you're going to do is take longer to establish because the heterotrophic bacteria 
in all these other products grows much faster than the nitrifiers. So they get a head start. They take the the iron, the phosphate that's in the system, and the nitrifiers are left for the leftovers, of which there there aren't any, and then your cycle takes longer and longer. So again, it's unintentional. It makes sense that all these bacterial products, I'll add them all at the same time, and I'll get this biome diversified. That's not going to happen. And and the other misconception, and it's basic ecology, is that the system goes from not diverse to very diverse. And that's not how nature works. Think about a a redwood forest. What's it full of? Redwood trees or a pine forest. It's full of pine trees or the grasslands out in, you know, middle America, the, the community, you know, it's, it's an, it's an old concept, but it's a true concept. You have the early colonizers that are replaced by the climax species, you know, this, the system become it, the system, all ecological systems tend to go towards less diversity, not more diversity. And the only re- way you can create more diversity is have a disturbance of fire. You know, you're, you're up in the, you know, Southern California mountains and it's all pine trees of fire whips through there and the pine trees are dead, what's going to happen? You're going to have these other things colonize. And over time, though, they will be replaced once again by the pine trees. So systems don't naturally go towards more diversity. They go towards less diversity. That's just nature. And you trying to play microbiologist by adding all these things, uh, you're probably one, wasting your money and two, uh, making life more miserable for the things that really need to be there in the first place. And now the fair question is, well, where do your bacteria come from, Dr. Tim? Well, that's the, the big, not so much a secret, but that that's the, the basis for all our bacteria. We don't do sewage treatment plants. We don't do wastewater treatment plants. We make, we grow bacteria for aquariums and those bacteria have been isolated by us from our aquariums, from our ponds and just grown in larger, in larger numbers so that you can get, uh, you know, a jump on things because as I've said, millions, or not millions, but hundreds of times, it's all a numbers game. You want the tank to cycle faster, add more bacteria. And so we're giving you that jump with the correct bacteria. You know, that's why people say, you know, well, bacteria can't live in a bottle. None of these bottled mixtures work, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, computer technology, garbage in, garbage out. Until my work uh, showed that the nitrifying bacteria in aquariums are completely different than what's in wastewater treatment plants and what was in the mixes that was available to hobbyists at that time was basically wastewater treatment nitrifiers, and they're the wrong nitrifiers. And so we grow the right nitrifiers for this situation, which is low ammonia, low nitrite. And uh, 
I just did a talk with this um, in Australia. I was in California. The, the audience was in Australia at the Australian New Zealand Aquatic Professionals Conference. And I'm trying to figure out how to download it, Hillary, so that we can put it because it's pretty interesting. But um, so don't, again, it's good intentions on your part, but the biology says different. Oh. All right. We got a few more questions. You think we got time? We got time. Okay. Um, <laughs> another one and only question. Why does tank size matter when adding one and only? Well, because tank size matters when adding one and only because most people with a bigger tank are going to add more fish and bigger fish. So you need more bacteria. But we've always said, that if you have patience and you're willing to wait and grow your bacteria, you could have a hundred gallon tank and you could add a two ounce bottle, which is for 30 gallons, but you could have a 200 gallon tank and add just a two ounce bottle of one and only and start adding ammonia and realize that if you add four drops per gallon of ammonia to a 200 gallon tank and you've only added two ounces of bacteria, it's going to take a while. It's not, that tank is not going to start cycling where you can see it, you know, in two or three days, you've got to grow the bacteria to catch up to that water volume because we assume you are adding ammonia either by our drops or by adding fish in a bigger ratio, you're going to put a lot more fish in a 200 gallon tank versus a 20 gallon tank. So you need a lot more nitrifying bacteria. But if you're willing to wait, you can start off with a seed culture, a small bottle and grow your own. Ooh, okay. We're going to mix things up with question number 12. I like phosphate removers that are slower, like GFO versus aluminum oxide based ones. Do you have more info on FOSS Eliminator Plus? I'm not sure what they're asking, but FOSS Eliminator Plus is a mixture of the aluminum oxide and ferric oxide, two, two different um, compounds that are used to remove phosphate. So, um, it's just it's just a mixture of two compounds. The aluminum oxide is more expensive and very efficient. When we mix it up with some, uh, you know, GFO granular ferric oxide, uh, that's the rust colored stuff. Uh, it isn't as fast, but it is cheaper because that chemical is much or that compound is much cheaper. How, uh, what do you think, Hillary? Is that what they're asking for? I think maybe. Yeah. Okay. Say so if not, we'll do a follow up. See if we've answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number thirteen is the last one I've got today. I have a question regarding my freshwater cycling. The aqua soil contains too much ammonia, and from the first test, I indicated ten parts per million ammonia. Should I do a water change before adding one and only? Do you have any other tips while cycling freshwater tanks? 
Well, this isn't just any freshwater tank. This person is setting up a plant tank, it sounds like, or a shrimp tank. Yep. And and uh, so the aqua soils, some of these manufacturers of these specialized soils say they don't leach ammonia. And, well, that's easy to test as this person's seen. Um, the other problem is that usually the water is quite soft, meaning it doesn't have a lot of calcium and magnesium, and the pH is low. So this is an absolutely horrible environment for nitrifiers. Low pH, soft water, and high ammonia. And we get this regularly where people are all upset. You know, I added the one and only and nothing's happening. Yeah, because it, the one and only are living organisms and they have preferences. And I can guarantee you their preference is not to be put in that aquarium with those water conditioners. They're just not going to be able to work. Uh, they don't do well in soft water. The ammonia is all in the ammonium NH4 form, which they don't use. And then with the high ammonia values, they don't like that either. So what to do? Um, normally, I would say, you know, make, make a water change, try to use harder water at a higher pH, and actually, that's what I would say with this. I don't. We don't know if this person used any special water, do we, Hillary? Uh, it doesn't say anything about that. Yeah. So, what I would do is change your water and get some hard water. Um, the and a higher pH, which the soil will counteract a little bit. But if you can. And, and I have a talk on this. I did it at MACNA years ago. I've redone it. I'm sure Hillary can put where it is. But for the first couple of weeks, instead of making this tank for shrimp or plants, let's make it for bacteria. Keep your soil in there. Change water. Use a hard, high, you know, higher pH water. And slowly dose the, or don't even dose ammonia. You're going to get the ammonia. That's the other thing. Don't dose ammonia. You're going to get it from the soil. And now here, it kind of relates to the question before about, you know, do you need more bacteria? If if you want to speed this process up, you're probably going to want to add a bot, you know, instead of a four ounce, an eight ounce bottle. Because even under these conditions, the bacteria are not working at a hundred percent efficiency because of the ambient water conditioners conditions. So what we want to do is get a bunch of bacteria get them established. And if they're working at 20% efficiency, well, you just need five times more. It isn't simple math, but I hope you get the idea. Because the conditions aren't good, you need more bacteria working less efficiently. And you want to establish, you want to add that because if you wait for the small amount of bacteria to grow to the amount that you need, the amount that can handle conditions, you're going to be waiting a long time. And that's basically what, you know, efficiency is. What what do what does a bacterium want to do? It wants to split and become two bacteria. You know, that that's what they do. And when a bacterium like a nitrifier is in a condition, ambient conditions, that are not good for its growth. Basically, it's taking longer to divide. Instead of 20 or 30 hours, 
it might take 70 or 100 hours. And that's why the cycling process is so slow because the bacteria are in conditions that they just don't work as fast. So you can wait it out. And believe me, you can wait a couple of months in a tank like this. Low pH, high ammonia, no hardness. Yeah, that's that's going to be a while. Or add more back, change the water temporarily, add more bacteria, get them established. Once they're established, then you can change the water conditioners to that softer, lower pH water that you want for the plants and the shrimp. Uh, but you've got a lot of bacteria working and okay, they're all going to work at less efficiency, but you have a huge amount. So you don't get the ammonia spikes, nitrite spikes. So, and, and so if, if you're looking at using, you know, we say this even with live sand, but especially these specialized soils, uh, set the tank up and get it running and do an ammonia test first. Because we've had instances where people, you know, they set this whole thing up and they're not really warned that these specialized soils can leach ammonia. And you know, I'm just setting up a new tank. It's fresh, you know, new water. It's got no ammonia in it. So I'm going to add ammonia drops. Well, now they've added ammonia drops and they've got the ammonia coming from the soil and it is just skyrocketing. And Another little aside, when your ammonia or any, any parameter that you're measuring, the nit ammonia and nitrite, but especially ammonia, when it is super high, you're going to get a false negative on your test kit. Now, what, did, what do I mean by that? You're going to do the ammonia test and it's going to look clear. The act some of the ammonia tests it won't be clear. You'll get it. It'll really be cloudy. You'll have this precipitate and you'll be going, that looks weird. If you ever get that, that is a sign that your ammonia is sky high and you're going to get a, the, a false reading. So what you need to do is dilute your water. Take your aquarium water, say one part, you know, a, an ounce of that and add three ounces of drinking water or, or, you know, some good water that, you know, is uh, ammonia free, shake it up and then take your sample from that. So you've diluted it down and whatever you reading, you get, you're going to have to multiply by four, but we, we get this a lot where people are confused because well, I add, they'll say the ammonium chloride's no good because I added it and I'm not getting ammonia reading. Or, you know, I put some ammonia of your ammonia chloride in a vial and I tested it directly and I didn't get an ammonia reading. So, you know, where's my ammonia? The problem isn't the ammonia concentration in the drops. The issue is that the ammonia is so high, the test kits can't read that. So don't, don't test our ammonia straight. If you want to test that we have ammonia in our ammonia drops, you have to greatly diluted 50 to one. It's very concentrated. Um, but that can also happen in your aquarium. When the ammonia is sky high, you're going to get a false zero. That's a false negative. You're thinking there's nothing in there. I'm going to add more ammonia, just make the situation worse. So indicators are you've added ammonia. It should be there. Um, and if you're using any of these specialized soils, low pH, uh, you could have very high ammonia, dilute the water and then run your test.
Sounds like some good advice. As always. Comes from us, right, Hillary? <laughs> yep. I was at the NRABC this past weekend sending everybody on the team pictures. I almost came home with a little gecko. It was cute. <laughs> if you're listening to this, leave a comment if you think that Dr. Tim should adopt a reptile or a gecko. <laughs> Thanks, you. Or a twenty thousand dollar snake. Yeah. No, I see, I didn't that. I didn't see it. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, I saw the picture, but I, I don't understand why it's $20,000. Neither do I. And it's just a ball python, not just any ball python, a $20,000 ball python. So, Nate, you know what looks cool is Toma got those new like, crocodile skinks. Is that oh, what they're yeah. called? Yeah. Those are cool looking. Those are cool. Yeah. Well, Toma has people to keep care of his <laughs> menagerie. Uh, I don't. All right, On that note, if you yeah. if you have reptiles and you're listening to this, please follow us uh, at my underscore reptile systems. We also have a whole line of reptile products that we would love to have you join our community on. Yeah, or reptilesystems.com. You can find us that way. And we'll be at the reptile shows and uh, Reef Stock and Aquashella and Reefapalooza. If there's a show, we're going to be there. <laughs> there's a there's a full schedule we should actually do i should do a post on that like where what shows you can find us at yeah you should you we, we have a calendar on the web page we should do that need to do that yeah but i i met the guys tristan and guys at uh gecko junkie they are at a show every weekend until december they have a schedule right there in their booth every that is nuts weekend at some show i like going to shows but that that that's a bit yeah, much. Yeah, living in a trailer and a campers. Uh, living in a trailer and camper with all of your critters, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> have aquarium will travel. All right, everyone. This has been Doctor Tim and his partner Hillary. She's part of this. So you are, yeah, check out Hillary with her with her Facebook Live, right? On Saturdays uh, or Sundays down at the Instagrams. Marina. Instagrams, yep. yeah. Instagram. Instagram you can, you yeah. can see Hillary freezing out in the out by the water in Washington. <laughs> you, you know, a couple weekends back, I actually got to do one at the Smithsonian inside. It was very nice. She does some interesting things out there looking at jellyfish in the water. She's getting it down, getting rid of the glare, seeing things. That was yes. care of your care of your mother. You've got a she got you a holder or lens or something. Case. Fancy like little case. It's like a little pocket you slide it into. You can still hear. You stick the whole thing in the water. Hopefully that floats. You know, like my boat it keys doesn't. are tied. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. You got to get a little bobber in case you drop it in. You'll know where it is. Yep. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate it. Hope to see you at one of the shows. Hillary will uh, post a schedule. We usually have some giveaways and things like that, some swag. And we, we do love talking to people in person, one-on-one -on -one, and answering their questions and things like that. It's part of the why we're here. So this Dr. Tim and Hillary with another session of the Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. Thanks, everyone.